podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. An Englishman ever be a horseman, you think? Hell no. <laughs> Can someone explain why, what Bellerin was up to? As I saw the tweet you had that said he looked like a samurai. No, he looks exactly like that is the exact samurai heck. I was like, I was, I was like, what is that? Like? Is this guy trying to be like a Spanish samurai or something? Or like what? Yeah, let's see if we can do this in French, yo. <laughs> in French? Hey, bonjour, salut. C'est le Talking Tactics Podcast. Je me fais dernier to look. Et avec moi. Hey, oui, oui, oui. Salut, salut, salut. Je m'appelle Double H. <laughs> I can't, I can't. That's, that's all I got. <laughs> all right, now, this is the Talking Tactics Podcast. I am Daniel Taluk. I am Hop Hope. And we do this every Tuesday. If you guys don't already know, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on SoundCloud. If, if you guys want to be kind to us, you can uh, leave us a five-star review on Only the iTunes five store. Anything that's in a five-star review, you can literally piss off. So there you go. All right. And you guys know you're going to like the show already. So you might as well just go ahead and hit the hearts if you're on SoundCloud. Share. It only takes one second. All you have to do is just share. Even if you're on Facebook or Twitter, it literally takes two seconds. You click the share button, share on your Twitter, share on your Facebook, introduce a new friend. That is the the aim for everybody this week is introduce at least two new friends to talk and talk to. Uh, Carl is at a comedy event. Or slacking, or slacking. He's slacking pretty much. So, yeah. I, he did like, what, five straight? Oh, no, no, what do we mean by five? So he should be here every flipping week, man. Slap. Yeah, but like that, that was kind of a part of the agreement. I think when he showed up, they're like, look, I do comedy every such and such. So we got to give him that one. Like, it's because we record on Mondays. I guess if we were, were to record on Tuesdays, he'd be here every week. So, no, no excuse. Talking tactics comes before any other commitment. Any other commitment? What if yep. like your wife is in labor or someone's doesn't in matter? Doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I don't think anyone here is married, though, so I don't know if we have to worry about that. Um, are you married? Thankfully not. No, <laughs> thankfully not. And thankfully never, ever in my entire life would I ever get married. No. For real? No, yeah. I'm, I'm not really into the whole marriage thing, man. Like, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not my thing. I mean, signing a contract? Nah. And she gets half? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't on that, bro. I ain't on that. <laughs> What so are, are you? Do you come from like wealth that you have enough money that if like if some like if someone got half of my, it wouldn't be too punitive, but like do you have enough money to where like wealth would be an issue if someone got half of it? Like do you know Eddie Murphy cracked an amazing joke about this. He said, even if I had three dollars and she took a dollar fifty, I'd be pissed. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what? You know what? Actually, when you say that, it's actually worse if you don't have a lot. Like if you have. Three hundred million. Yeah, well, you can live on one fifty. Yeah, but if but, you got three dollars and no, someone no, takes one fifty, no, no, no. it's still painful. To lose one hundred fifty million, it is still painful. But now, but look, one hundred fifty mil is one hundred fifty mil. Like, come yeah. on. If if you only have like what a hundred dollars to your name, and someone takes fifty, and you only have fifty dollars to live off, man. <laughs> well, if you only have fifty dollars to live off, you've done something very wrong. So you probably deserve it. But anyway. <laughs> All right, so we do have a review that we need to get into. This is from iTunes. Oh. Five-star review. So shout out to the person that left it. 
I have no idea how to pronounce your name. I'm, I'm going to apologize. I'm just going to read out the letters. It's G-H-U-F-D-M-S-C. No idea what that Gold means. DMC, yeah. it, the title of it is Have Hope is Black. Because <laughs> oh. I guess you say stay black. I oh, yeah. um, love the podcast and all. However, one of the things that I can't understand is how Double H thinks Hazard is a fraud. <laughs> Explain yourself, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for the five star review everybody um you can go on itunes um if you have an iphone you tap the podcast app you go to search type in talking tactics and the rest is pretty straightforward and you can give us a five star review if it's good we'll read it on the show thank you to this alphabet soup much appreciated so yeah do you think hazard is a fraud um sometimes he can be a fraud there were elements of last season where he did play and behave like like a fraud. But Hazard for me, I just find him, he is a conundrum because he is an extremely talented football player, an excellent dribbler, technically amazing. But there are times when he can become a victim of his own talent because I see a player who can be really like amazing, but sometimes he just inhibits himself sometimes. And I think maybe it's a, a thing to do with personality, psychology and everything but i just there are just times when like i'm like mm, i want more from you because i know you have it in you and there are times where he just doesn't give me enough that's his talent um shows so yeah this week my team lost we got out to a fairly good start i thought hazard felt fabregas and i was like well all we got to do is keep a clean sheet and we win the game but football is football zaha gets one benteke just destroyed the defense it was really Zaha that actually destroyed the defense, and it yeah. was bad defending. But it was a very cheeky finish, very cheeky. He, yeah, he destroyed Courtois. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder how that's going to go down in, in Belgium uh, training camp. But yeah, you know, get back together. But um, maybe, you know, maybe that's why he he, he did it just to, to piss him off. Or maybe he knew like he knows where I'm going to go, so I have to do something a bit different mm. and cheeky that way he won't expect it. So who knows how that plays if it's a different goalkeeper, but. There was a 10-point gap. Spurs won. I think they beat Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor. Without Harry Kane. Without Harry Kane. Um, so the gap is seven points. People are like, uh, the title race, is it back on? If Chelsea lose to Manchester City and Tottenham beat, I believe, Swansea at White Hart Lane, or it could be at the Liberty Stadium. I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. But it could be a four-point gap. In, in, the, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, though, I don't think Chelsea will lose. We could draw for sure. Mm. I don't think Chelsea will lose. And I'm not sure there's a better team to be in second than Spurs because of Spurs' nature. Oh, if yeah. It was, yeah. If, it, if it was City in second, who've come back twice to win the Premier League from mm. – would, would, I mean, it seemed like losing positions, although they always had the games in hand. But if it was City, I'd be more worried. But because it's Spurs – and maybe maybe after the past two years, we're seeing a kind of maturation process where maybe last year was the year that they bottled it. And then this year, they don't have that much pressure so they can play free. But I kind of I mean, feel comfortable with Spurs being the team behind rather than someone like, like City. Like what I've always said, and I said this throughout that, the only team that can beat Chelsea to the title is Man City. That is their only realistic threat. Tottenham, pretty much exactly what, what he said, the best team to be chasing Chelsea is Tottenham because Tottenham just don't have the character to get it when it happens because that game hasn't come yet. 
that game of like, if you win this game, you go top of the table. That game hasn't come yet. It may never come, but if it does come, Tottenham don't win that game because I just don't believe in their character. Like, what happened to them last season? I just feel that they don't have that. They're a very good team. They play very well. But being a very good team is very different from having that character of knowing what to do. Like, in Chelsea, there's that character within them. Hence why, and I always say that it's all about the next game. Remember when Chelsea lost to Tottenham? And guys, oh my gosh, Chelsea, they're, they're, they're cracking, they're messed up, they're not as good as they were. Then they, they won their next game and it went back, back to normal. Mm. If Chelsea lose to Man City, Tottenham beats Swansea, we have a title race. But even if that happens, I still don't believe in Tottenham. <laughs> it's all about Man City. I feel kind of like if you look at the schedules, Tottenham have an easier schedule. Yeah, well, no, have... their fixtures, I looked at their fixtures, they have, again, but Daniel, you say that, but when people said, oh, Chelsea, they're easily going to win the league, they assumed Crystal Palace would be three, three points. Yeah. That was the assumption. That's, yep, three points there. Yep, three points there. But now when they lose that, it just means that you can't just assume things. So, yes, yeah. the fixtures may be winnable, even for Tottenham. But again, for Tottenham, Swansea are still a good team. The magic number, I think, is 19 points that Chelsea need. That's either Chelsea winning 19 points over the next, I think, eight games. If my maths are right, that's 24 points. So you got to win 19 of those. Or if Tottenham drop points, then the number to win the title decreases. So Tottenham would have to win the rest of their eight games to keep that number at 19. So if they lose, it goes to 16. If they draw, then it might go to 14, perhaps. So I think Chelsea are still in a good position. I don't think anyone would say that another team will win the league over Chelsea at this point. But two more bad results, and it gets to a point, and then, you know, stress. <laughs> I mean, I mean, for me, like, I look at Chelsea, Man City at the bridge. For me, because I... That's I, always, I, that, that was always going to be the biggest game of the season, too, just yeah. if I can interject. Like, this is the biggest match of the season. The first one was a bit too early mm. in the season for it to have uh, title implications. Although every point counts the same, the moment of when the, you get the points are sometimes bigger. So I think everyone pinpointed like this, and I think the Manchester United game at Old Trafford, which is in two weeks or three weeks, um, mm. as the biggest matches of the season. So, Yeah, man, how do yeah, my Man City really, yeah, like they're like 11 points, man. I mean, I didn't know they were that far, far behind. Because yeah, even if they, they, they win eight points... Uh... I mean, they're basically doing... like I think Spurs are legitimately the, the only team who can catch Chelsea at this point. So teams like City and United are playing for to secure top four for sure. But they're ruining it for Chelsea for Spurs to win. That's kind of the narrative where this is going, I think. Without Harry Kane, I think Winks went down. I think Wanyama went down. I'm not sure about Wanyama's injury. I know Harry Winks got stretched off, so that doesn't look too good. And I'll, I'll guarantee you Harry Kane returns before the North London Derby, which I think I think that's the last game at White Hart Lane before they move. You look, man, that's a very or, dumb move. Or, or it's, it's the last North London Derby at White Hart Lane. I, th- I think the last game they have at White Hart Lane is against United. Let me look this up. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually look, looking it up right now. Because yeah. I, I feel like that's a big factor. Like, you don't want to lose the last game in your home. If you look at what West Ham did last season, they were yeah, never going to lose that game. So you you have the schedule pulled up? What does it say? Yes, yeah, so basically, they are, 
Last game at White Hart Lane is Man United, 13th of May. Yeah, like that's a big and match. They, they play Arsenal at White Hart Lane, 30th of April. So, so basically, if you look at their fixtures, so Swansea away on the 5th, Watford at home, Bournemouth at home, Crystal Palace away, Arsenal at home, West Ham away, United at home, Hall City away. And obviously, they've got to play Leicester City away. A lot of those are relegation teams, though, so yeah. you might not... I mean, they look simple, but when when you start getting into May or just April and May, for sure, like those small teams like Crystal Palace that you don't expect to win, they know they have to come and get those points. Otherwise, it, there's a chance um, and I think that, that you could be relegated. I think they have been strong, though. Those guys, because I think they've won like the last three, four games in a row. Crystal Palace? Yeah. I mean, it was always just going to take that little bit of time for Allardyce to implement himself. But if you look at the team, it has enough talent to win games. I'm more shocked that they're in the bottom half than they are in the top, than they're not in the top half. Because if you look, they have Benteke, Townsend, Zaha, Kabai. Um, they, goal, they have Mandanda. They're a solid team, in my estimation. Man, Danny, I'm looking, I look, I'm looking at Chelsea's fixtures, man. It's tricky. <laughs> oh, is it? Like okay, let so Man City... let, let me look them up so we can do this together. Right. <laughs> Season, here we go. All right, here's what we'll do. Let's let's go through Chelsea's fixtures and think how many points they could get from the remaining nine matches because they have a game against Watford as well that's like in hand. So City, uh, Chelsea, Manchester City. What do you think? I'm thinking a draw. I... I think they win that game, but maybe it, it... Okay, let's just say a draw, but I actually do think they win the okay. game, but let's just call that a point. Okay, okay. One, one point. Bournemouth yeah. away. That, that has to be three points. I'll say three points, yeah. So four points. They go to Manchester United. Now, you have to think this Manchester United game is sandwiched in between Anderlecht, home and away in the Europa League, which Mourinho, in his kind of pragmatist thinking, will understand that yeah, winning... Yeah, that's a draw. Yeah. It's a, I, I actually think we could go there and win, but I don't know if Conte nah, would want to nah, risk the win to no lose. Way, no, way. no, that's a draw. draw. So, that's a, that's a, so five draw. points. Southampton at home. Man. That feels like one of those ones that man. you could lose 2-1. You know? <laughs> like a Southampton like that's, scary, you know what? that's a game I think Chelsea could lose. There's no way they're going to win all the rest of these matches, so we have to give them at least one loss, and that kind of feels like one where we could drop points for sure. Then Everton away. Coleman's team is playing well. That's, that feels like a draw to me. Yeah. So that's, uh, I mean, so, so that's what, six points from yeah. five games? And then Middlesbrough at yeah, home, that's, that's, that's nine win, yeah. points. West Brom away, that's tricky. But, I mean, it's, it's the 37th game of the season. West Brom are going to be safe, probably already thinking about yeah, the yeah, holidays, yeah. and Chelsea would have to win it. So I see that as maybe a one nil Chelsea. Um, so that's twelve, and then and then the last game is Sunderland at home. Who could potentially nah, 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 win nah, the nah, game? Nah, nah. That's that's a win. So that's fifteen points, and then we have the game in hand, Watford at home. I think that's a win. So eighteen points from nine games isn't a horrible return, but it could make things at least look interesting. 69 plus 18. That's 87 points. So I, don't, I don't think Tottenham can get 87 points, considering they're only on 63 right now. They'd have to win every game, I think. We, we said the magic number was 19. 
if if we're projecting Chelsea to get 18 points, that means if Tottenham lose or draw, yeah, 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 Chelsea yeah. have the title. I mean, obviously this is rogue science, and we we're not fortune tellers in any form or fashion. But if you project forwards, it seems as if something calamitous would have to happen. As I said weeks ago, for Chelsea to lose this, and if if we do lose it, I'm not watching football next season. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I'm not. Actually, 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 like tonight, North Carolina played Gonzaga in the national championship game. And by the time you guys hear this, I'm sure people in America will know who, well, people in America will definitely know who won. If North Carolina lose to Gonzaga, I'm not watching basketball next season. I can't lose two national okay, so, championship so, so, so this games is in a row. This is, it's basically, the, the, the way the, the basketball system in college works, it's a, basically a cup tournament. So you lose, you're out. Mm. Um, and North Carolina were the best seed or were a number one seed on one side. Gonzaga were a number one seed on the other. I'm simplifying this to no end. And they've won five games, and this is the sixth and final game. They've made it to the final. North Carolina has been my team since <laughs> 1995, 1996, somewhere mm. in there. So – yeah, man. And we lost the national championship game last season on a last-second three-pointer at the buzzer. We lost 77-74. The ball was in the air. The The horn goes. The shot goes in. We lose. And we've made it back to the national championship point again. And if we lose, I'm not watching basketball. And if Chelsea lose, I'm not watching football. I might just retire from sports altogether. I might just go watch bowling or cycling or cricket or curling or Crickets. badminton or croquet if there's professional that i'm done <laughs> i'll just go be a hermit some woods i can't do it well wait is wait you know isn't isn't that where michael jordan was from that Can is I? exactly where michael jordan was from when i was a kid there was a there was a guy named philip who went to our church i went to an african church when, I, when we lived in canada this, this was like one of the only white families uh, <laughs> so, Phil Bullhauser or something like that. I think they were from like the Netherlands or something. And I went to his house, and he had like tapes of Michael Jordan playing for the Chicago Bulls. This was the '90s, so this was Jordan's heyday. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him like, "Where did he go to college?" And he said North Carolina. So that was my team. And little I didn't know that from '95, like nine, <laughs> ten years later, I'd moved to North Carolina. But that's what was in the cards and. I didn't go to the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, but I went to the University of North Carolina at Greensboro, so I can claim it a little bit. So I'm, I'm in the same system. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan went there. My favorite basketball player of all time, Vince Carter, went there. Anton Jameson, Rasheed Wallace, Jerry Stackhouse, Sam Perkins. Like, the list goes on and on. James Worthy. Yeah, man, that's, that, that's my school. I, I might care about the Tar Heels more than I care. I definitely care about North Like, I'm sick. Whenever I think about the championship game that's going to happen in a few hours, I feel sick. <laughs> so I think I care more about the Tokyo than I do about Chelsea. But if Chelsea lose, I'm done with football for sure. Like for at least six weeks, six months maybe. I don't, I, I don't have anything else to say, man. <laughs> well, no, 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 for me. I, I, know, believe I, was, that. I was hoping the podcast would distract me from the stress that I'm going through right now. But it's not. No, 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 no. Look for me. I, I, yeah. I believe. I've seen the future. I'll use my Nostradamus skills. I believe. No, man. Don't drink. Don't say anything. Don't say you've had a vision. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they're gonna lose. You, you guys are gonna lose. You're gonna, you're gonna get beat. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even have a transition anymore. We're just gonna go into this Arsenal fan TV thing. 
Um, have you seen the video of like people kind of running up on Robbie? Oh, yep, yep, yep. Did did you get the angle where the dude came up into the crowd? He said, get out of our club, right? And he yeah. came with like a kind of like a bad intent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Rob, Robbie had the mic in his right hand. <laughs> he switched and it I, to I, his I, left. I think it was, he was interviewing him. Claude. I think it was Claude. Claude, yeah. Claude, Claude yeah. Yeah, and he had the microphone in his right hand. The dude came up, and Robbie switched it to his left, getting his right hand ready to throw. <laughs> Wait, but did you see Robbie afterwards? Like, you could actually see, like, he was actually, like, shaken by, by the whole thing. There's no way that he was ever going to just do something crazy on camera that could ruin the brand that he's built. Mm. So you might see it looks like he's shaken, but maybe it's like, I want to do something, but I know I can't. If I get into a fight, if I get arrested or something like that, then Arsenal Fan TV, the brand goes down, and he can't afford that because I'm sure this yeah. is like his full-time thing. So can we curse? It's kind of a move to do that when you know there's cameras. So you're just stepping to look hard, but you know nothing's really going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Not, and sure. not in that crowd. So Because he's not going to fight you. Like, come on, man. To fight someone over opinions. If someone disrespects your mom, if someone slaps you, if someone... I don't know. It's it, no, like, no, okay, like for Wenger, you're ready to get arrested. Wait, let me play devil's advocate though. In their viewpoint, their argument is that you are an Arsenal fan, but you're really getting fame and money based off of the. It, it was even something similar that you said that man, this guy's getting paid off. The vitriol, the anger, the, the the pain and the unhappiness of Arsenal fans. That's just me playing devil's advocate because I think what they did is stupid. I think that's just jealousy from from my man in the black that ran up. Like that's just like if no 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 no. no, no. It's, it's if not, you it's had just, come up with the idea, if no, you had done the cameras, if you were the one with the microphone getting paid, you wouldn't feel so salty. No, no, no. But I think it's anger. I think it's based off how where Arsenal are. They're below Tottenham. It's going to be very hard for them to get into the the top four if you just come out and the first thing you see are these people just spouting and sh- and just doing all this stuff. You'll be like, you'll feel angry. You'll feel you'll, you'll feel angry because again, you're like, oh my gosh, the last thing I want to see are people just complaining about how bad we are and a, and a dude pretty much interviewing them and trying to get a rise out of them and that kind of stuff. This is just me playing devil's advocate in their view. You feel so um, emotional or passionate about this particular subject. He's given you the platform to go speak on his channel, and you can have oh. the conversation in an orderly, civilized but manner instead of being like, "Oi, get out of my club." When Arsenal win, when Arsenal lose, he interviews people. Like if Robbie only did it when Arsenal lost, then yeah, you're trying to. He's trolling. If if he if he only did that, yeah. he would be trolling. But because he doesn't win, loss, draw. Yeah, rain, no sleep. Like it's just what he does, and it's not he, he can't control. Or well, I guess he does have kind of prodding questions that he knows this guy might be able to like go off hinge. That's so, what kind of so, so, but, but that's but that's just a part of being a good interviewer mm. is reading the person's body language and seeing what you can get them to say. Um, that because uh, his I don't want if if it's his job, his job is to get views, right? But th- there's, a, there's a good way to go about getting views in the bad one, and I don't think this is necessarily a bad one. So he's not putting words into their mouth. Those aren't actors. They don't even get paid. They're just fans who have opinions, you know? And he puts up the good ones. He puts up the bad ones. 
the mediocre ones, you know? So, and, and you know what it is? It's because fans of other clubs latch on to the Arsenal fans who are most flamboyant in their winger out protestations. So you have people like Claude, people like DT, people like Troops who have become brands in and of themselves because, <laughs> because of the Arsenal fan TV platform. So you might be an Arsenal fan sitting down like this dude is making people who don't have the same respect for Arsene Wenger and Arsenal. He's making them pop. But that's only a result of people like me, who's a Chelsea supporter, who goes and watches those videos. Does that make sense? So you, you can't blame Robbie for me being attracted to Arsenal's kind of like dumpster fire. No, no it's it's not like it's 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 the, not his fault. It's it's the public. It's not. It's not. the fact of the matter is that Robbie makes a huge, a bulk of his money, like ninety percent of his real money, is when Arsenal lose Aaron Aaron in crisis. Because I don't watch Arsenal fan TV when Arsenal win. Like, what do I? Call? I do. I, I I watch it either way. Just because I'm interested in the points of views that they might have, but I'm sure most people are like you in that if they lose, let's let's make some tea, let's make some popcorn, yeah. and I'm gonna make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and we're gonna sit down and. <laughs> no, no, so for me, I, I think to be like if if Arsenal were, were, were to win, I'm like sometimes okay, I may listen to what Moses or other people say, or where okay, Chico's is not Nigerian, but I'm like, what are they gonna say that will be interesting? Because a lot of these fans are just fans. Very few of them, let us say, like a Mo or a Kelechi, actually have some football and an analytical skill. There's, there's there's one guy on there who are, who is really really knowledgeable about football. I don't know his name. It has to be Mo. It has to be Mo. No, nah, no, nah, he's a white guy. He looks kind of like in his forties. Not the not the bald one. Is it? Uh, it might be Chris. It, it 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 could be Chris. Not the not the winger in one, but the one he always he he talks formations. He talks what Wenger should do. Moving oh, to yeah. four, he should play four three three instead of playing four two three one, things like that. So I click on his videos just because you know we do a podcast called Talking Tactics. Not that we talk yeah, yeah. too much tactics, but um, he's certainly knowledgeable, and I like watching his videos because he, he gives a a fan's mentality that's in the stadium. So like he can see more things than we can on TV, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, I like yeah. listening to that kind of stuff. But then like, but again. If you feel bad about opinions that are being prompt or propped up, give your own version. Make it just as entertaining and people will listen to it. People like listen to Ty. I don't think people agree with him. No, no, you know, Ty and, is and, my and, favorite and Nash, out of everyone. <laughs> I know, but like... No, 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 I, I told you, I Ty is my favorite out of everyone. People disagree with his opinion, but he's so outlandish with his opinions that people will listen to it even though they don't agree with it. So that's why you might have a video of his that has 100, 200K, but the dislike and like bar is just, you know, fucked almost. <laughs> uh, skewed against him, I should say. Um, so if, if you have that opinion, if you feel like Arsenal Fan TV is a disservice, why don't you go on Arsenal Fan TV and tell them that it's a disservice rather than you trying to look hard in front of three or 100 people? That you know, if you do something crazy, like you're just gonna get stomped on anyway. It's just looking hard. It's a hold me back situation. Oh yeah, because <laughs> he, yeah. like you know, if you do that, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing, man. So yeah, the the Arsenal Civil War I find rather interesting, and also Wenger could end this in a minute. He can hold a press conference 
right now. I'm sure it's pretty late. But hmm. he could be like, you know what? Um, I'm coming back next season. <laughs> I was, I was, I signed it. I signed it. Really that would actually help things if he said, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll be back here next season. I think it would. That would make things worse. Un- uncertainty makes things worse. Now, for me, I think that if Venga was to come out and say, you know what? I'm st- How, you know what? Can we just do a talking tactics where Venga isn't mentioned? Is that actually possible? I think we did that last week, or maybe two weeks in a row. I don't think we talked Arsenal. It's, it's look, it's 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 getting tiring. I mean, it's like it's it's getting tiring now, man. Two other managers. Yes, thank you. Apparently, David Moyes said that, and, and I don't know if this was a joke. <laughs> oh my god! Man. Look, man. David Moyes was speaking oh, with the female reporter, and he hinted that he might slap her. Um, you can't say. <laughs> Like that, man. Look, Danny, when you're bottom of the Premier League table, it, no, 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 no. Don't we? We can't give a caveat to it. If you've just won the European Cup, you can't say you're going to smack a female reporter. You just can't do it. If you're bottom, bottom of the, of the table. conference, or you just won, I'm saying the World Cup. Like you can't, you can't say that. Maybe, maybe you can say it behind closed doors, where if she doesn't like your humor, she can correct you on the spot. But if you can't, if you're in public view and you say it, and she takes umbrage with it, what is she gonna do? Risk her job to try to correct you? So you put her in an unwinnable situation, and then you put yourself in a situation where people are like, "Yo, you might should be fired. You're already bottom of the table." So maybe it's just an, an easy excuse for their board to be like, "Look, he said something. People are gonna take as sexist. People are gonna take as misogynistic." And in the in the society we live, where we're hypersensitive to things like that. You're putting yourself in harm's way. You shouldn't talk about smacking anybody, much less a female reporter who's just there doing her job and doesn't warrant, you know, that kind of comment. So yeah, no, no, I mean, it's it's, it's true. I mean, it's like, I mean, for me, I just, I, I, I'm just trying to just think of Moyes, where he's at, he, the whole Man United thing, and I just think that look, man, the, the guy, he's probably under a lot of stress, you know, and will probably re- regret what he said when he thinks back on it, you know. Of course, I'm sure he regretted it as soon as it left his mouth. Like, no, but oh, this, like, I should have said that. Carl thinks he should be sacked. There's what? Sacked? Why? Let me pull up our conversation. Because Carl was at the comedy club, we were just like, is there anything that you should that should be in the show, Carl? He said, you got to talk about Moyes. I was like, what happened with Moyes? Question mark. Uh, was he sacked? Is what I meant. Um, and then I looked it up on Twitter, and I was like, oh, sh- you can't say that, David. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, Moyes should be sacked for it. Unacceptable. So... I think this is kind of the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back if he, if indeed he is sacked. I don't know if you can sack him specifically for this. It's bad. It's not a great look at all. But combined with the Sunderland's form, he, I'm sure he's already on shaky ground. And then this is just something that's just unnecessary and uncalled for. So maybe he could be sacked or should be sacked. Just purely based on football results, would you say he should be sacked anyway? No, no, for me, like, Sunderland are, are, are relegated. So it's like, if there's, there's, there's no point in bringing in a new manager now, you have to think about next season, playing in Division 1. Like, if he was to be sacked, you, you would sack him months ago. Bringing in a new manager now, because a new manager is not going to get Sunderland out of, the, out of where, where they are right now. Like, there's, it's, it's, it's too late. We're in April, and you're bottom of the table. It's, it's, it's 20 done. points. So, yeah, yeah, like, like, it's, I mean, you're having a laugh. It's done. You're relegated. So 
basically what they're doing now is carefully tr- vetting people for who will be the next manager to get them promoted from Division One next season. That's what they're doing now. All right, let's count. How many losses do they have? All right, one, two, three. And Defo has fourteen goals, man. Four, fourteen goals for five, a club that is bottom. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. <laughs> they lost nineteen games. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they just kept going, and they're still like they're gonna lose over twenty games. That's crazy. Oh, you can't say that, man. You know what? Half of me is like, this is gonna sound harsh, but if you don't mean anything, why are you doing a press conference? What do you mean? Nothing. Sunderland don't matter at this point. They're relegated. They're doing nothing of note. So why does he need to talk to the press if? Like he doesn't. No, Sunderland, no, Sunderland fans have to know. Sunderland fan, uh, I can't say that. Sunderland are inconsequential in terms of this Premier League as it currently stands. So why does he need to do a press conference because, or post match press conference? Because as an institution, you have to allow fans to hear what their manager has to say. But the only thing that could happen is bad. Like nothing he could say is going to win them games. No, no, no. So, so the only thing that can happen, I, f- I felt the same way about Mourinho to a certain extent. Like, if you win the game or lose the game, you've done your work. The only thing that can happen in these press conferences, especially immediately after a match, it's just bad things. It's like if Sunderland are inconsequential so far, we don't need to know what he says. Maybe your, maybe your point is legitimate that the handful of Sunderland fans who still support him that want to know what he's saying, cool. But, like, it, the cost-benefit analysis, it doesn't compute for me. Like, the only thing he can do in these conferences is make himself look more foolish. I get what you're saying, you know what? I'm, but it's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah. To be honest, like, I'm thinking of it in the kind of institution right thing to do, but on a very real level, it's like, what are you going to say that's going to mean anything? Like, you're bottom of the table. You've lost 19 times. You're getting relegated. <laughs> So, what are you gonna say? Like, what are you gonna say that's gonna mean anything? It's like, except like exactly the only thing that we can recall that he's said this whole season is that he might just smack women. (laughs) Oh God, Jesus! That's that's the only thing. What? That's 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 messed up. (laughs) What else has he said this season? Can you recall any other Moyes quote? Well, I can I can recall a lot of memes from his Man United era. Speaking okay, okay, this is a good transition. Uh, speaking of <laughs> maybe it isn't. <laughs> Have you heard about why Zaha didn't work under Moyes at United? Have you heard the speculation surrounding oh, this? Oh, with his um daughter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so allegedly the rumor has it that Wilfred Zaha was um friendly with David Moyes' daughter. Damn. That's what that's what the paper said. I'm I'm sure it was came out of some place like the Sun or something like that. So maybe we shouldn't take it too seriously. But how do I how do I start this conversation? I feel as if Sir Alex Ferguson left Manchester United not in the greatest of places, considering Rooney was on his last legs. You had people like Vidic and Ferdinand and Evra who were just old at that point. But there was a level of talent that people thought could be good. If you look at Phil Jones, uh, if you look at Danny Welbeck, 
And Wilfred Zaha was on that list. I think that Wilfred Zaha was Sir Alex Ferguson's last major purchase. I think he was like 12 or 14 million from Crystal Palace. And people thought when he left United that Ferguson made a mistake with Zaha. And I look at him now and I think Ferguson didn't make a mistake. I think if Ferguson stays, Zaha becomes one of those... I don't want to say he becomes as good as Ronaldo. I don't want to say he becomes as good as Giggs or something like that. But in Ferguson's system, Zaha would have worked or flourished. But then you give him to Moyes, and Moyes didn't know exactly what to do with him. And that kind of put his United career on a downward trajectory, which, in my my estimation, led Zaha to Côte d'Ivoire instead of playing for England. Um, And I read a report, which is why I put this in here, that... Chelsea, United, and City are looking at Zaha, but Crystal Palace want to give him a contract once they're safe. And I'm thinking, if Ferguson didn't make a mistake in the beginning, and Zaha is as good as I think he is, and maybe Ferguson thought he was, do you think Zaha should move? From Palace? From Palace to City. Oh, like, is, is that too big of a step? I didn't, for a long time, I thought that Zaha was just hype. Hype, me too, hype, me hype. too. But then I've I'm seen like, no, no, the no, no, light, like, you know? And like last season, I was like, okay, what's this that people are saying? Even most of the things are like, okay, what's the thing that, that most guys are saying? But you know how there's always that moment where, like, I, I, I call it the um, Matrix more moments. Like, the Morpheus, when, when, like, Morpheus shows you, like, green code and he starts seeing stuff in, in green code rather than real stuff. Basically, like, the Neo... I've only seen the Matrix once, so... Oh, well, watch it again. Please, <laughs> thank you. So basically... Did you see his goal against Russia in the friendly? I did. I tweeted out, uh, Zaha isn't helping Russian race relations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he just yeah, destroyed no, them. But, 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 but actually, actually, I mean, I mean, that was just a joke about Russian racism, which I probably shouldn't joke about. But the people in the crowd actually clapped him because it was a brilliant move. So That goal, you can say it's a friendly and everything else, but just the nature of that goal and what he did and his performance against Chelsea, I'm like, now beginning to believe, not convinced yet, but beginning to believe that, no, maybe this guy could really have something. Hmm. Maybe this guy could really have it. And again, you go back to Ferguson, the fact that Ferguson is even looking at you and you're around Ferguson's room, his vicinity, you've got to have something up about you. Hmm. I think he's really beginning to show that, no, there, that this kid has something in him. In, in the back of my head, the thing I have with the whole Ferguson comparison, like I, I, I said my point, and I still stand by it. But Ferguson made Ashley Young look good. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So, so maybe if you give, how good is Zaha if he can make Young look good? But I think Zaha is better than Ashley Young. But the thing though is that I'm looking at Zaha as Crystal Palace under some Allardyce, and Allardyce ain't the most in the sex that's the manager out there, <laughs> and he's still doing what he's doing. Yeah. And Ivory Coast, even for Ivory Coast as well. Even during the very disappointing Nations Cup, he was Ivory Coast's best player. He was like the most exciting player. So I think he really is just a good player in and of himself. But I don't know how good he can be. I'm still not fully convinced yet. But the only way you can really prove yourself is you've got to make them move. It's like the whole, similar to Lukaku. It's like for Lukaku to try and put himself as one of the top strikers in the world, he's got to move to a bigger club. I don't think he's actually a world-class striker. but he needs to move to a club that's competing for league titles, that's in the Champions League, and is going to play against the best to say, all right, I'm proving myself against the best, and this is how well I'm doing. Yeah. Let me look up this quote, if I can get it, 
from Gareth Southgate. Oh God! Oh yeah, the, um, the, the, the little uh, thing about pride. Mm. Look, can, 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 can people just stop poaching people from other countries? I mean, all this like let's let's see who has an English grandfather's cousins. Chill, 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 chill. Because if if Ross Barkley wanted to play for Nigeria, you wouldn't take him. If Delhi Ali, well, I guess Delhi's father was Nigerian, but still. So, like some countries, you got to take it how you can get it. Um, all right. So, this is Southgate's quote If you don't feel that internal 100% passion for England, then I'm not sure it's for me to sell that to you. It should be your desire to do it. The inherent desire of wanting to play for your country is the most important thing. Jermaine Defoe was a classic example. His whole life has been a desire to play for England from under 16s all the way through. I don't think if you approached him to play for someone else, he'd have done it. That's where I was with it, too. I didn't get capped until I was 25, and I had no interest in playing for anyone else. I'm English and proud to be English, and I think part of your identity as a national team has to be pride in the shirt. So for me, the commitment has to come from the player. All right, um, this is what Danny Mills said about Zaha. Ultimately, he's taken the easier option and thought, well, I might get a few more caps and I might get to play a few more tournaments because my chances with England are going to be limited. Gareth just means that he wants people to fight for the shirt. And if you don't get in, you don't get in. I probably done 30 odd squats and never got any game time, sat in the stand, sat on the bench, but you still turned up every single time in that hope that you might get a chance and take it. <laughs> and I feel like when he said the easier, like first off, Zaha was born in Ivory Coast. Yes. And also, is it easier to play for England than it is for Ivory Coast. I don't um, think it is. No, no, no. The, the, the point he's making is that it's harder to get into the first team for England than it is for Ivory Coast. Maybe, but no, 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 I just you know you know it is true. Like Ivory Coast golden generation are all gone. Like Kolo Ture, Yaya Ture, um, Dumbia, Drogba, they're all gone. So like if Zaha was coming into the golden generation, then it would be just as hard, probably even harder, to get into that Ivory Coast team than the England team, like, I recall during 2006, 2010, when their golden generation was really at their height. Mm. All those guys are gone now. So Zaha is, like, the, the best player. What would you say to you have to travel to West Africa every time there's an international uh, competition, the training facilities aren't as good, the pitches aren't as good? So you're actually taking a step down in terms of on-field quality than you would for an England side who apparently wanted you, if Southgate wouldn't make these comments if Zaha wasn't, um, or if he if he wasn't kind of coveting Zaha's presence in the England team, or at least as an option. So I kind of feel like Zaha took a harder road. Maybe, yeah, you say he plays more, but I feel like leaving England and going to West Africa isn't necessarily the easier option of the two. And also it kind of shows an English arrogance in a way. There, that, not, there's, that, it, there, there's no, if he could play for England, why wouldn't he want to play for England? Because he, he's not English in a way. He's not, he's not English, man. No, no, no. It's, it's ridiculous. Like, and you know, the, the, the thing that pisses me off is that who the hell are you to talk about the, like England in such a sense when you've not been in a semifinal of a major tournament since 1996? I mean, how dare you even open your mouth and talk about, well, no problem. I mean, what? You've not been relevant since 1996. <laughs> For me, it's a thing of 
Yeah, in- England haven't been great. And I guess some, you could argue that Ivory Coast, they haven't been that great either, although they have won Africa Cup of Nations in the recent past. Danny, it's about being valued. Like- I, I mean, I was, was going to bring up being valued. And I was also going to bring up when Zaha goes home and he talks to his parents, his brothers, his aunties, uncles, etc., do you really think they want him to play for England? Or is it more of a thing of, look, why aren't you playing for us? Us meaning Ivory Coast. And if you have to deal with that over and over and over again, and then England kind of freezes you out for a time, it would be very easy. Mm. I'm, I'm more attached to that side of my family in a sense. And things like that would start going in your head. And then for people to come out and say, oh, he took the easy route. Um, he has no pride in the shirt. I have the pride in the shirt I'm wearing, which is Ivory Coast. No, no, I mean, it's it's so stupid. And I, for me... It's very insulting as well to like Ivory Coast because mm. again, like this is a dude who, for himself, he feels a lot more tuned to Ivory Coast than for England. That's just a fact. So, and Zaha even said that. Wait a minute, um, Gareth. Like I'd, I'd already made my, I was already having discussions with Ivory Coast. So when he said, "Oh, I didn't show enough pride in, in the shirt," I was already discussing, and the ball was already rolling with me and Ivory Coast. Mm. If Zaha was in that golden generation, I think Ivory Coast would have definitely done something like let's say in the 2014 or even the 2010 World, World Cup, especially the, the 2014 one. But I think even for now, for Zaha, you're like, you know that guaranteed, you're going to guaranteed be, be playing at a, at a World Cup or Nations Cup. And, but the key thing is about value. If you win a Nations Cup with Ivory Coast, you, you will just feel far more appreciated than you would in England. Because in England, as a black guy, you're never really as appreciated as much as the white guys. That's just a fact. You just, you don't, I mean, that's a fact, you know? Like, as much as people love Ian Wright and they love blah, blah, they don't... Ian Wright isn't on the same level as a Tony Adams or a Michael Owen or even think, a Rooney. Do, do you actually think that's racial or do you just think that's there's just more white English players so it makes more sense that they get more adulation? It's a mixture of everything. It's a mixture of racial. It's a mixture of there are more white people. It's a mixture of... Like, when, as I said to me, like, if a black guy comes, if a, if a black French guy comes to me and says, you know, I am French, yeah, I believe him. If a black American guy comes to me and says, I'm American, I'm like, yeah, I believe you. If a black English guy comes to me and says that like, he's English, sorry, I don't believe you. <laughs> you know? Yo, 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 you got to watch that, um, the documentary I, I put in the WhatsApp. Um, it's called Les Bleus. It's about um, the French national team. Oh, yeah. And how, and how politicians used the black, white, Arab, I think it was black, blanc, bourg, because apparently saying Arab and noir are kind of like, they have racial connotations, but apparently blanc doesn't. So white people are cool there. You can just call them blanc, but. But you know, also as well, like, (laughs) actually, I think, I think Carl may actually find my statements there. (laughs) He might might actually actually take offense to the statements I'm just saying, because I think Carl sees himself probably more English than Ghanaian. I don't know. I th- I can't speak for him. I think he'd have to speak. No, for no, no. Because remember, in our last week's episode, when we had that massive argument about um, the English national team and everything like that, I think he was really talking. He was using like "we are," you know, "us." We believe that blah blah. blah. So I think that uh, yeah. I mean, I when when hockey come when hockey comes around, mm. if Canada's playing, I say "we," I say "I," I say "us." It's just you're attached yeah, like, to it I'm in a way, especially, with, especially, with especially if you're born there. I'm sure, like you, you were born in Nigeria, so of course, of no, course, no, you're no. gonna have no. Oh, you, you, you're born in England. Yep, I was born in London, but I have no. Literally, I have zero connections to England, like zero. 
Where were you socialized? Birth to maybe like five, six, seven, eight. So basically, I spent the first, I think, eight months in London. Then when I was either one or two, I then went to Nigeria. So I did my nursery school, primary school in Nigeria. Yeah, so I think that's probably yeah. more, more important because you remember yeah, yeah. that stuff. Oh, so, no, for no, me, so, so for me, like I was socialized yeah. in Canada. So I, like, I grew up every day we would go to the, um, the gym auditorium and sing Oh Canada, the national anthem, uh-huh. um, and all that kind of stuff. So in, in here in America, like I remember at the beginning of school, we had to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Stand up, put your hand on your heart. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, blah, blah, blah. blah. I would never say it. I, w- I, w- I would stand up. I wouldn't disrespect it, but I wouldn't put my hand on my heart and I wouldn't say the Pledge of Allegiance because in my head, I was Canadian and I still am. So I think it's just that socialization that you get from little kids. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if Carl, I think he said he went to Ghana maybe once or twice. Yeah, or no, no, no. I've never been to Uganda, but I still have an affinity towards it because that's who I am. You know, like without that, I wouldn't be. So I have to have a level of deference and respect to it. No, no, like, but, it makes complete sense. Complete sense. He'd, he'd have to answer that for himself. For me, it's, I know it's a complicated jumble of things that you kind of have to walk through. Am I Canadian? Am I American? Am I Ugandan? And then you just kind of settle on you're all three. And I am, like, I think Paul wrote in the Bible, I am all things for all people. And in a way, I think you have to be that. If you're in a certain space, I'm Ugandan. If I'm in another space, I'm Canadian. If I'm, if I'm in another space, it doesn't matter. And Americans kind of reflect Americanism on me, you know? So it just depends on where you are. Well, I'm just stuck with Nigerian my math says. <laughs> no, but you know, but you know, people always think I'm lying. I, I actually don't know how to actually fully prove it. Like, my mom, on my mom's side, my grandmom was half Brazilian. So Carl brought up this thing about some Nigerians claiming Brazil but not really being from Brazil. Is that a thing that I wasn't, um, I wasn't aware of? Not that, that, that I know of, honestly. Most Nigerians are just Nigerian. Most Nigerians think they are American and using American accents, but that's about how far it goes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Nigerians want to be American. Oh, no, no. Nigerians are obsessed with, with, with America. Hmm. Like, a lot of Nigerians, they speak with an, an, American, an American accent and they try and fake an American accent because they're just obsessed with American culture. You would think it would try to be the other way around. How you mean? Because of, uh, black Americans were cut off from the continent. You'd think there would be a kind of longing to go back home in a way and nigeria would seem like a a kind of touchstone if you will because it's you know the largest or most populous african country it's on west africa so you would think that a lot of people would come from those regions but i i think american culture is just so dominant that it would make sense that yeah, yeah. Out, I mean, people I mean, outside of it would kind of want to attach themselves to it because it has a certain level of prestige everyone wants to be american man trust me it's the culture that has really come to define like modern culture through everything, you know. So yeah. it's like, I mean, I don't want to. We're getting off topic. <laughs> you know, that's where Carl's necessary, yo, because he's wait, wait, like, yo, wait, yo, wait, this wait, is a football wait. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but look, man, that's what look. Okay, people, ex- this is what people have have to come to expect from the talking tax man. Like, so we, 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 we broaden your minds, man. So. Yeah, but, uh, so you have Neymar to the Premier League, and after that, we'll get into some questions before we get out of All here. Right. Um, so I'll let you take the floor. I don't really have an opinion on this, but if you have a comment, feel free to share. Um, for me, I feel that Neymar in the Premier League would be extremely exciting, far more exciting 
than what he's doing at Barcelona. Because a guy made it, because I edited a video about it, and a guy made a comment saying that you don't leave Barcelona. No one ever leaves Barcelona. He's in the best club in the world. Why would he want to leave? And basically, I'll be like, first of all, F you. That's the first thing. Um, second thing is that it's about putting yourself in the best environment that maximizes your talent. We're not seeing the best of Neymar at Barcelona. As long as Messi is there, we're not seeing, seeing the best of him. And it's a loser's mentality to be like, I'm in the best club in the world. I'm playing with the best player in the world. Okay, that's fine. No, it's about you being the best player and about you maximizing your talent. And the Premier League is the most competitive league in the world. The Premier League has the most exposure. It is the most exposed. It is the most exciting league in the world. It is the most exciting market in the world. The La Liga is a two-team league. That's it. Only two teams exist. Germany, it's a one-team league. Italy, it's a one-team league. France, one-team league. So the only league were like, they're like three, four teams that are in there and you could either lose to the North. It's the Premier League. So for Neymar moving in there, I think his brand would get even higher. His exposure would be even more. He'd make even more money because again, guys will pay way more than whatever he, he's getting paid in Barcelona or Real Madrid because the money is there and the marketing will be there. And I just think that he will be, the kinds of things he would do the kind of freedom he would have would be far more in the Premier League than being in La Liga. So where, so where, where would you say he'd go? For me, it, the, the obvious answer would be Manchester City. One, they would have the money to buy him, Pep's there, and it seems as if he would fit into the, with De Bruyne, with Gabriel Jesus, who's his international teammate. Hmm. But then, yeah, like, what does that do? You bought Sterling for 50. You bought Sané for another 50. And then Kelechi as well. Kelechi's another point. And also, what happens to Aguero? I guess, I guess Aguero would be the easiest piece to move because he's the best. So there's going to be a suitor for him. And like, I think he's, what, 28, 29? So he's at that age where you can still get a good fee for him that would help kind of supplement Neymar's. That club makes the most sense. Secondary, Chelsea and United, I would think. If Real Madrid, by hazard, that would kind of take up that Neymar spot, I think at Real Madrid, where a lot of people think if, if Neymar was to go anywhere, you'd say, go to Real Madrid, right? But if they buy Hazard for 100, are they really going to try to buy Neymar too? I no, don't think no. so, which, which, which would mean Chelsea would have that open spot. If I mean, this is a crazy thought exercise, obviously. I don't think he'll leave Barcelona for anything. But And then United have the money. They've already proven that if, they, if you can buy Pogba for 90, you can buy Neymar for 150, and I don't think they'd blink an eye. So I th- those are the only three clubs, I think. Arsenal, <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you imagine? <laughs> Mar- no, 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 no. Could you imagine like Wenger saved? Like, what if this was his plan from like 2011? Like, look, we're gonna sell Fabregas. We're gonna. I don't know when Fabregas left. It was before 2011. Uh, we're gonna sell Fabregas. We're gonna sell Van Persie. We're gonna sell Sanya. We're gonna sell Kleji. We're gonna sell Nazri. We're gonna sell Adebayo. We're gonna sell all these players. And in 2017, we're going to miss top four. But what I'm going to do in that summer with all this money that I've saved is I'm going to buy Neymar. (laughs) (laughs) So so, so all that money that he hasn't been spending that the fans are just so mad, like that 200 million that he saves. So this was was his his long-term plan. (laughs) Just saying, like, what if that was the case? If they bought Neymar, could you imagine how happy they'd be? Yo, we got oh, Neymar, no. we got Sanchez, we got Ozil. Still got Giroud up top, but okay. 
No, 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 no. That could that could stay save his 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 job. No, that would that would give him carte blanche. Not that he already doesn't have it, but he chooses when he signs his contract or if he wants to sign it. He owns Arsenal for all intent and purpose. Um, yeah, that, those are the only three places in the in the Premier League. So, like, if you had to pick City, United, or Chelsea, which one works best? I'd have to say City because of Gabriel Jesus. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like, I just think that's just how they play, how they move, I think he'll be perfect for him. And it's like, even if I say, okay, United seems to be like the one, but it's like, nah. Like, the perfect fit is, that is the perfect fit. And like, whoever has to leave, leave. I don't care, Sterling and Brian, because Mark comes in there, he's the main man in that scene. So, whoever needs to bounce, needs needs, needs to bounce. But yeah, Ma would, City would definitely be the perfect place for him. All right, now, kind of connecting these last two topics, we have questions. Um, this is from name at board Xcore. What are your opinions on Wilfred Zaha? Question mark. For me, he's as gifted on the ball as Neymar, but his overall game needs work to reach that level. I don't know if he's as gifted on the ball as Neymar. No, 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 no he isn't. It's not about you, don't know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I speak in, I try not to speak in absolutes. But it's just, it's, yeah, yeah, I try to respect yeah. each question as it is. The, the first part of the question is, what are your opinions on Zaha? Um, I think he can be really good. I don't know if he's, he'll ever be like a world-class winger or anything like that. But he can be really good and be effective. In I think he'd be good in another league. Well, at first, he'd have to work on his technique a bit more. But if you mm. put him in Spain, if you put him in France, if you put him in Italy, I'm not so sure about Germany. But if you put him in Germany, I think he'd be with more time on the ball he'd be more effective. I see him kind of as like quadrado in a way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very skillful drib- dribbler. Yeah, I think he can be really good. If he puts in the work, I think he's only 23 or 24. So he's got time on his side as well. He, he, his, his next club has to be the right pick. Like he, he can't go to a club where he sits on the bench. Like he needs to play and play often. But as far as I mean, being no, as no, gifted as Neymar, yeah, like, Neymar's top two gifted he'll, he'll never be as good as Neymar like like so, look look for, forget that like look the guy was like no, don't 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 give me that crap <laughs> no they're not they're not in in the same league man yo so okay other than Neymar, who's like your favorite I'm um, using air quotes not that you can see but gifted footballer I would I put Neymar I mean, in that conversation I put Usman wait, Dembele wait, in that conversation who's my favorites or who's the most gifted objectively just, like, just a gifted footballer like young you know, like maybe under oh, young. a certain age, like maybe under 25. No, no, no. I told you, Gabriel Jesus, that guy. Gabriel Jesus and Leroy Sane. Basically, okay. Guardiola has two of the most gifted young attacking players in the world. Julian Weigel is also very good. Kimmich is also very good. But I think Leroy Sane and Gabriel Jesus. Like, if Jesus didn't score down injured, I think City really take Chelsea to the wire for the title. That's how important he he, he he was. Interesting. Um, I like like Draxler. I yeah. like I like Brent from yeah 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 uh, Leverkusen. Dembele from Dortmund. Oh, the 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 Monaco kids, Mbappe, oh, Lamar. Mbappe. How old is Bernardo Silva? He's got to be under twenty five. I don't. Zaha's not in that class though. I don't think. Oh wow, Bernardo Silva is twenty two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Monaco are going to get yeah. raided this summer. I feel bad because if they stay yeah, together, yeah. they could challenge PSG year in, year out. But 
they're going to get 80 million, 70 million, 60 million, and they're just going to be like, all right, we'll just find new ones. Um, so, yeah, and they're just going to be left with Falcao. <laughs> the aging old bones of Falcao. Top five players this season in order from at Fab Pacino. Um, I don't know if we can have an order, but we can give you five, man. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you've got to put Mar in there. Neymar, N'Golo Kante. Bonucci. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put in Bonucci in there. Like, look, he's, even, he's held even, it down for you know, that, that back, man. Even with his row with uh, Allegri? Still put yeah. him in? Still. Yeah, no, no. I've got to put him in there. Do we put someone Dembele? like... Like, I mean, I have to put him... Like, like, he's just been one of the best players I've seen this season. Like, every time I've seen him, I'm like, man, this kid is ridiculous. Cavani has I, to be in there. Oh, my gosh. Mbappe, for sure. Mbappe. Mbappe and Cavani, I think. For sure. He scored, like... 45 goals in 45 games Daniel, or something insane. Daniel. I Daniel. know you I know you don't like him, but given Daniel. <laughs> there no PSG player. <laughs> Good point. Good point. Within this thing after what's going down at the new camp. Sorry. No. Uh so, so Falcao then maybe. Does Falcao deserve a spot? I don't know. No, nah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. Are we just dis- discouraging French goals? Like French goals don't count. Yeah. <laughs> Ligue 1 doesn't count. No, no, no. Mbappe, we said Mbappe's in there. So Mbappe will we'll be in so there. Mbappe, Kante, Neymar, Dembele, and... Oh my gosh, Sergio Ramos, man. Sergio Ramos, that's the name. Yeah. So he, he has to be in there. I was like, what team am I not thinking of? It was Real Madrid. <laughs> but but, but and do you know how amazing that is that neither of us has mentioned Cristiano or Messi. Both of them will still find their way into the Ballon d'Or conversation somehow, some way. So we no, don't we we don't have to do it. FIFA will do it for us. Losers. We have two questions or three questions left, and I'll combine two of these into one. All right. One of them says, "Why is Iniesta not a horseman?" That's from Fappuccino, and. Our friend Mane at Tour de Force asks, why isn't Gerd Muller even mentioned as a contender to be a horseman when he's the greatest goal scorer slash German footballer of all time? Now, we can have a conversation about who's the greatest goal scorer and German footballer is of all time if we want. But well, why aren't Muller and Iniesta horsemen? First, I want you to define what a horseman is and how many there are. And then we can talk about who is next, maybe... I think you have four. So who is fifth and sixth on the list of who could be a horseman? The stage is yours. The horsemen are players who I believe revolutionized the game based on their influence on the game during their playing time. So the four horsemen are Pele, Maradona, Zidane, and Ronaldo. The reason why Pele is a horseman is because 17 years old, scoring two goals in a World Cup final. Then, 12 years later, to come back and score another goal in a World Cup final and an assist, 29 years old, and is the only player in history, I think I think there's another player, but the only player in history to score goals in two different World Cup finals and be on the winning team. Only player to do that, and that's just for me, incredible. Maradona, what he did in 1986, and what he did for Napoli in those two seasons, giving them the whole Scudetto. Zidane. Not what he did in 98, what he did in 2006. Um, six. Six, 2006. Obviously, what he did with Real Madrid, scoring the best, the greatest Champions League goal of all time in a Champions League final, 
and finally Ronaldo. Obviously, what he did for Barcelona, for PSV, for Inter Milan, but really what he did in 2002. Knee injury. Nobody thought he'd make it. He came back. Not only was he the top goal scorer in that tournament, but he scored the two key goals in the final, giving Brazil that World Cup against all odds. But really, it's what Ronaldo did as a player and how he revolutionized the position of a, of a striker. So it's really the impact that these players made on the game, hence why they are horsemen. This is, what's it called in the Bible? The horsemen of the apocalypse or something? There's four horsemen of the apocalypse. So it would make sense that you have four, but people want a fifth. Oh, so, oh, oh no, look, like, I don't do it based off like there having to be four. Like there will be more horsemen for sure. <laughs> all, right, so, so, like, so, so, all right, so it's not like there's four horsemen and then one would have to drop out for the fifth. Oh, no, 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 no one's dropping out. <laughs> Sorry, that's not happening. So. <laughs> Like, okay. Uh, yeah. uh, do, do you have a ranking for the four horsemen that are in there already? So no, no, there's, no there's, there's, there's no ranking. Like no ranking once you're a horseman, you're just it's, it's like it's like the whole Hall of Fame. Like you just <laughs> enter to that Hall of Fame. So there's only four footballers in the Hall. No wonder people want Iniesta. They want Muller. They want. It's uh, very hard to get in. Like I'm sorry, you don't you don't just like I'm just like Iniesta. Sorry, he's not a horseman. He's a very good player, one of the best of his generation, but he's not a horseman. Like. That's why there's, 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 there's a campaign I'm going to start called Campaign for the Fifth Horseman. And the closest person to getting the, to becoming the Fifth Horseman is Beckenbauer. He's the closest. Is there a sixth? Not at the moment. Like, let's, let's, let's first sort, sort out the Fifth Horseman first. before we. Well, there has to be candidates. So Beckenbauer and whom else? Messi? Well, he hasn't won international silver. No, 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 so no. That you, you, you the like that is the minimum requirement is, is a World Cup medal. So minimum. you have to have a World Cup medal. Yeah, minimum re- re- requirements. So, like, so, wait, so wait a minute. So Iniesta would have the World Cup medal. Yep. Um, there aren't any defenders in your very, in your horsemen just yet, and there's no goalkeeper. So Buffon. You see, see, that's that's the thing. Like you but have Buffon to... has no Champions League. No, no, but the, the key things for horsemen. Neither does Ronaldo. So retire. maybe. You can't be an active player. So once you retire, uh, then okay. you get looked at. So once Buffon retires, then that's why that's why like Bart Simpson is someone we're, we're looking at. <laughs> you know, we're looking at Bart Simpson. Like when when Buffon retires, I've got to I've got to look at Buffon because his longevity is off the the, the charts. Hmm. Beckenbauer is not only what he did as a player. Beckenbauer's been retired since when? I know the eighties or something. A lot of time I know, but also <laughs> he did as a coach as well. Okay, mm-hmm. what's he needed for a coach as well? So interesting. It's an interesting concept. I don't. I mean, I don't know. If, oh, wait a minute. So a coach? No, because he doesn't have the World Cup. So you know what? It's exclusive to like there. There won't be an African horseman ever until they win a World Cup. Unfortunately, which saddens me greatly. Great, great, great. Ed Token can never be a horseman. Drogba could never be a horseman. <laughs> No. Uh, so this is like the elite of the elite in Double H's brain. So two, yep. Bra- two Brazilians, a Frenchman, and an Argentinian. Will an Englishman ever be a horseman? You think? Hell no. <laughs> I mean, like, what if? The, oh, well, okay, okay. What if they win the World Cup and like? <laughs> well, there, there, there needs to be an, an exceptional English. Like, there is, there's not really, there's never really been an exceptional English player. Like. A player who I thought could have been something was Joe Cole. 
but he mm. just never got he was never really appreciated nobody really appreciated his um skill so like so, what about someone like paul Gascoigne or somebody if he had won the like world cup in 1990 would you how, how big was his impact as a player? i mean like danny when you went i mean these four names these are these, these are not small names these are huge names <laughs> i mean pele maradona zidane Ronaldo, these are massive names so yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Like when you say, "Oh no, why can't Iniesta?" It's like, what? You're gonna put Iniesta in the same category as as the four names I mentioned? Give me a break. Messi wins the next World Cup. If Messi wins a World Cup, and no, no, the, the key is that he wins a World Cup, but he is the best player, and he's instrumental in them winning a World Cup. He becomes a, a horseman. What about he's someone? A, what about someone like Neuer? And for, for me, I still think that's what Buffon has done for so long, because it, it, it's a very good point that, that that someone made like on my YouTube video, which is that. Every single time we compare the best keepers for the last past 10 years, Buffon is always in the conversation. I saw that. It was um, Dan Colosimo, the guy who made our um, yeah, 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 logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, shout yeah. out to Dan. Dan, shout out, man. But yeah, and that's a very, a, very, a very good point. That every time you bring up a thing of like, who's the best keeper, it's always up against Buffon. And it's been like that for the past 10, 10, 10 years. It's very hard, man. I mean, like... You're, it's going to be very hard to find any player on that level of you know, Pirlo. Pirlo. He would have the club merits, the technical merit, and he's won a World Cup. Within, he's in the conversation, but just not quite there. He still just falls below the overall impact of those four horsemen. So yeah, he just he just doesn't really quite have that impact as those four. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho has the World Cup, club silverware, and the last 20 years, probably the most influential footballer, maybe? You see, Ronaldinho, see, he, he's, he's close. He's close, but... He has to be closer than Pirlo, and if Pirlo's close, then he's knocking on the door. But the thing about Ronaldinho is that, like, look, I told you, he's easily... He's, he's probably one of my favorite football, footballers of all time. Like, just personally, like... So, you know, you know he now has a new track. You know he's a musician now. Hmm. Like typing, typing Sozinho, Ronaldinho. It's actually a, a very good track. But I look at that 2006 World Cup. That was really his World Cup. Like, yeah, he he won the World Cup in Oton. He was important. But 2006 was really his World Cup. That was his World Cup. So so basically, when Zidane took that game over, he took away the horseman credibility? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> kind of gave it for himself. Yeah, in a it's, way. It's, it's, it's hampered his, his cred. I mean, I watched that um, the documentary about French football, and they brought up the game against Brazil where he just basically it was the best game anyone's ever had against any team. The best individual performance I've ever seen in my life. I, I think France, they went Brazil, Spain, Italy. Um, no, 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 no. They, they, they faced Spain in the second round, Brazil in the quarter, Portugal in the semi. Portugal in the semi, okay. And then Italy in the final. I have all these things jumbled up in my head, as you can tell. I'm nervous, man. I'm like four hours away, three hours away from like, you okay? Don't My worry. They're gonna, ruined. they're gonna lose. They're gonna lose. <laughs> they're just so big, man. They have like three seven footers. Keep it on track. Keep it on track. Let me be calm now. <laughs> Stay on topic. Stay on topic, my yeah. So, anything else that we want to get through? No, man. That's that's that that's it, my. That is it. Yeah, that's a good record. That's episode forty-one in the books. Again, Ooh. this is the nine more till fifty. Nine more till fifty. Fifty is like a year, isn't it? Because we, we didn't do a Christmas episode. like We just did a compilation, so that would really be 51. So once we get to 50, it's almost like a year that's gone past. Which is cr- a year of talking tactics. I wonder, we're going to have to do something special. 
Don't know what yet, but we'll think of something. Um, yeah, this is Talking Tactics Podcast. You can follow us at Talking Tactics on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and SoundCloud. We passed 100, so thank you to everybody who followed. Go follow us individually. I'm at Daniel to look. Carl is at Anchorman616. And Half Hope is at Half Hope Hawk. I think that's it. I think well, I think we're done. This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, if you recognize the music that's playing right now, tweet it to us and we'll follow you on Twitter. If you know the album, yep. the artist. Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. We'll see you guys next week. Podcast Network.